0: So Stevie has this one white hair growing out of her chin, and I call it her little witchy crone hair, because it's just like a single white whisker on her black face. Hi, how are you? In pain. How are you?
1: Oh,
0: I'm living the dream. Oh my god. I'm eating bread for fun. (laughs) I was about to say, what are you talking about today, Roya? Then I realized we haven't even fucking started yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: It's like that it's like that one time when I was just like bye. bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're really good at this. We are professional. Yep.
1: There is one All way right. I would describe us. It's professional.
0: Welcome to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss the strange and unusual. This is episode 40 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from around the world. I'm Casey. And I'm Roya. And today, we'll be talking about fish people. Happy 40 episodes, dear.
1: Thanks. You like bread? I'm like, neutral positive
0: on bread. Neutral positive?
1: Yeah, like, it's not something that I tend to like frequently grab but every once in a while I'll want something that is a bread product or like eat a really good sandwich and just be like fuck yeah bread
0: <laughs> no you're Persian you got you like that rice game yeah
1: I almost have to have rice with like every freaking meal it's... yeah
0: and see I, I German Scottish could take or leave rice
1: you haven't had my
0: rice though I can't wait (laughs) i hope i have all the proper things to make rice cool what are you talking about today
1: we're talking about mermaids
0: so what are you talking about
1: i'm talking about mermaids in asia africa and australia
0: right i'm talking about mermaids everywhere else
1: (laughs) You know, I was curious because we did our draft and I was intentionally skipping Antarctica because I felt like that was a cop-out. And I think you did as well. You just got stuck with it because it was the last one. But I was curious.
0: Just wait, my darling.
1: I was about to say, because
0: I looked into it too. I was curious. Like, is there
1: a mermaid legend in Antarctica?
0: (laughs) Well, since... I have an even number and you have an odd number and I have 4 and you have 3. I'll go first.
1: Well, I think I <laughs> should go first with one of my
0: stories. Oh, fine. Because well, because
1: I have the OG she's mermaid. The first.
0: I have the first mermaid. Well, go ahead, tell me about her. Okay, I will. S- sassy. You don't have Stevie here next to you like judging you. So, <laughs> that's why I have to up the sass game oh okay
1: yeah i had locked all of my judges outside i went out to get a drink and zha zha just curled up like in elisa's arm if she's playing video games and then roxy is between her feet that's really cute <laughs> yeah i opened the door and just went oh
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right so in about 25th century bc so a long ass time ago the goddess atargatis of assyria fell in love with a shepherd named hadad they had a daughter together who was named Simiramis, who would later become the queen of assyria who created the hanging garden hanging gardens of babylon mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so atargatis is grieving because she accidentally caused the death of hadad her beloved husband and out of guilt she drowned herself in a lake to how did she
0: accidentally kill her husband
1: i couldn't find details on how she accidentally killed him just that she accidentally killed him i'm sure i'm
0: going to i'm going to hope and assume that she rosen island him (laughs)
1: So, she drowned herself in a lake as okay. penance to, for her guilt. And the waters took her action as a pure one of someone who was in deep mourning. And also, basically, just because she was, like, super beautiful, they decided to cleanse her of the guilt and to create her into something new, which was a woman with the tail of a fish. She was seen as a goddess of fertility, and was also known to protect her kingdom and the kingdom's well-being. And later Greeks would call her Desirto but yeah, she's just all of the pictures I found of her was that she's like a woman torso, human legs, and then like literally just a fish tail, mm-hmm. like coming out of her butt.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I had a few of those, so
1: I don't know if she was like a mermaid in not a mermaid in our modern sense of like a minotaur but make it a fish like mm. <laughs> and or not a, min- a centaur make it but make it a fish
0: i knew what you meant yeah
1: I'm i was sorry. gonna let
0: everybody else judge you
1: thanks i'm in uh just so everyone can have some frame of reference uh i have injured myself somehow in just a simple bending to feed my dog this morning and so if welcome I'm a little, to 30 if i'm a little out of it <laughs> uh it is because i'm satoned <laughs> so but yeah so that's the um Atarganus, the world's first mermaid legend uh that i could find 25th century bc so people have been real interested in half fish people for a real long time.
0: Oh, well, I, uh, I kind of got into what I think everybody thinks of when they think of mermaids, which are the Greek sirens, which uh, makes no sense because they're actually more like harpies. But I was gonna say, excuse
1: the- me, I feel like everyone's first thought of mermaids
0: is Ariel. The content. Oh, I, I see. I would have gone Starbucks. <laughs> But yes, so uh, generally when you are uh, intellectually thinking about mermaids, most people would go, oh, like the Greek sirens, false. Those bitches were harpies. Yep. Moving on. Uh, That's it. That's all for (laughs) Greece. (laughs) That's all, that's Casey's whole episode. (laughs) So uh, the sirens, there were a varying number of them with various parentages, Uh, and I'm not going to go into a whole lot of that because what is really important is that originally, like I said, they were shown more like harpies and mermaids, and male sirens were depicted until about 5 BC. And then I was like, no more dudes. We don't want dudes on our hot bird ladies.
1: (laughs) No peds here.
0: No. no. We don't know what's in that cloaca, but it's not a dude. Um... (laughs) In some legends, the Sirens were companions of the goddess uh, Persephone. In Ovid's uh, version of the story, Demeter gave the Sirens wings to search for Persephone after she had been abducted by Hades. Other stories, like Hygienus's, uh Fabulae, uh, it was said that the wings were a curse from Demeter for failing to stop aforementioned abduction. Uh, and this is where the song came from, uh, singing a forlorn song, calling for the return of Persephone. And this is also where the depiction of the nymph-like women-headed birds as sirens comes from. Uh, so the the pictures range from like hot, sexy ladies with wings <laughs> to literal birds with just a woman's head. Have fun. <clears throat> uh, so yes. Known for their singing, Hera, you you remember her, uh, she would lure the sirens into competition, a sing-off, if you will, with the muses. And the sirens lost, duh. And uh, so their feathers were plucked. They turned white. And in their anguish over the loss, uh, they fell into the sea. So that's maybe where that evolution comes from. I don't know so the possibly best known story of Greek sirens is the Odysseus and the Odyssey where Odysseus has the crew put wax in their ears a woman's idea by the way and uh, he gets tied to the mast and he's told the crew don't untie me no matter how much I beg and so the sirens sing their song and Odysseus is like oh shit I want I want to get dead by those hot maidens I I want to be dead by them Death and by the sailors too. Like <laughs> yeah. And the sailors are like, "No, dog. And they, they tie him tighter. Although I don't know how they hear him begging because they have wax in their ears. Maybe they're just really so, good at reading lips. Maybe. Good lip-reading sailors. <laughs> uh, some authors claimed uh, that if a person passed the voices of a siren and managed to escape the sirens were fated to die. And so when Odysseus passed, they flung themselves into the water and perished. It's another flinging story.
1: Yeah. Greece Uh, is real big into things falling in the ocean. And dying. (laughs) Or becoming something else. Or. Yes.
0: Orpheus also had a run in with these ladies, uh, in the story of Jason and the Argonauts. They had to sail past the island of the sirens. And just as Orpheus, uh, you know, uh, just as they hear the voice, uh, of the sirens, Orpheus pulls out his lyre and starts to jam out to drown out the voices. And one of the Argonauts tries to swim out to the sirens, but Aphrodite stepped in and helped that fella out, and he lived. Hmm. Uh, then, in the medieval times, the sirens stopped being bird ladies and became fish ladies. So there is a transitional time at some point where they also had fish tail and wings. Weird. Double double whammy there this is also different from the two-tailed siren you see on the coffee cup but i will get to that momentarily despite the fact that sirens have no reason to be fish people languages all over the world use siren for mermaid yep um albanian bosnian croatian french italian latvian polish polish portuguese romanian serbian serbian and spanish just to name a few uh, and they're used interchangeably um there was one fantastic story of the greek princess thessaloniki you remember that story about thessalonica i think so and the, and the stone that bled yes yeah this is her town Uh she was the sister of alexander the great uh and she turned into a mermaid he supposedly went on this trip to the fountain of immortality and brought back some water and washed his sister's hair because you know like that's what brothers do <laughs> totally normal <laughs> and when alexander died she was so torn up that she flung herself into the ocean and then she was a mermaid and so then she would I approach mean, boats and if be it like... was that easy <laughs> right <laughs> she'd approach these boats and be like yo is alexander the king alive and the correct response he lives and reigns, and conquers the world. This answer pleased her, and she would calm the waters, but any other answer would turn her into a gorgon, and the sailors would meet a terrible watery death. Sick. Watch out.
1: I wonder if it has to be specifically like, those exact words, or if like... That's...
0: If you said like he lives and also he reigns and he also conquers the world and like just added some extra articles in there or something, <laughs> yeah. Or if
1: it was just like you know,
0: yeah, he yeah, lives. He's badass.
1: We love it. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> dope. <laughs> he's hanging out with Snoop and Martha. <laughs> he's got this. Um, the the last one I'm going to talk about for Greece is Triton son and herald of poseidon and father of ariel yep not really that is how
1: i understand his story yes
0: (laughs) he is the god of lake tritonus Uh, sailors would have difficulty navigating this lake and so triton created a plot of land now the island of thera and sailors would rest there while triton would casually come up and give them directions back to the sea just take a left at the dog doing its business and you'll be right there. (laughs) That's what I imagined. He's often depicted as half man, half fish. Unlike Poseidon, who is often uh, more anthropomorphic, uh, except for in recent times when he is made to look more like a mermaid. Um, He also plays a conch shell like a trumpet. And sometime during the Greco-Roman period, tritons became the generic term for mermen. Which always makes me think of Zoolander. <laughs> Merman! Did you ever see that? It's been a very long time. And he's in the bar with his dad, and his dad's like, You think your mom would be proud of you swimming around like a goddamn mermaid? And he leaves the bar and he goes, Merman! <laughs> Merman! But it's so good. But yeah, that's what I got. Uh, I don't know how many back and forths we're gonna do before this gets into a, you know, a thing, but... Okay, so you want
1: me to do one of my
0: countries, then? I, don't but I don't know. I mean, I could tell you about the earliest surviving artistic depiction of a mermaid. Sure, let's do that. Alright, that's England. Welcome to England, everybody. Uh, so, this depiction is in the Norman Chapel of Durham Castle. It is one of the earliest artistic depictions that still survives, and the chapel was constructed in 1080 AD. So... Not 25 B.C., 1080 A.D., still pretty old. Yeah. Uh, Mermaids at this time were sometimes used to symbolize temptation, which still holds true in many facets today. Um, But others suggest that a mermaid was recognized as representing an individual composed of a soul and body. Like the duality of humans in a Christian world, I guess. Hmm. From the Northern History Journal article the northern chapel or the i'm sorry the norman chapel in the durham castle by author rita wood she mentions a passage which verges on describing the incarnate christ in the form of a centaur our redeemer is in one and the same person both the horseman and the rider of the horseman which sounds to me kind of gay but i guess it's a context (laughs) thing also great google search was Jesus a centaur? <laughs> have fun. There are many forums. That's all I'm saying. I read a lot of weird shit about Jesus the centaur. <laughs> anyway, imagine having to crucify a centaur. <laughs> You'd have to have
1: such a strong cross. <laughs> that's that's six limbs
0: you have to nail. Man, I'm going our to hell. Our
1: cross would look real different.
0: Oh would look way different, <laughs> so unlike Jesus, mermaids are generally thought can to be bad omens.
1: Can you even you can't even spread like the <laughs> horse's legs like that unless you like cut tendons and not to get like too terribly graphic, but you would like have to butcher the horse, yeah, <laughs> that would be a way. More grisly crucifixion to a
0: thing that is already
1: pretty grisly. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Or, or, or you have the hands and the back legs and then the front (laughs) legs are just kind of like waving in the air like they just don't care. I
1: just imagine the Slepnir's little like extra front legs.
0: Oh, poor (laughs) Slepnir. Anyway, bad omens. Yeah. Mermaids. There's a uh, there's a Cornish story of the mermaid of Zenor, uh, and she went to church, and she fell in love with the best goddamn singer in the church. And one day he followed her home, and neither Perfectly were seen again. ha. <laughs> yeah, don't follow girls home, especially from church. Uh, the end. <laughs> actually, actually, the story is actually very lovely, and there are tellings where she has asked her father to give her legs so that she could find him. And it's all terribly romantic. She cries diamond tears. And he finally says, okay, after a thousand times, uh, but to f- suffice to say this piece of folklore stuck with the town and the parishioners at St. Serena's or Sonara's Sen- Yeah. Senara's church. They commemorated the story by having one of the bench ends carved into the shape of a mermaid. There's also the story of the Exeter incident from 17, seven, 1737, um, and on November 10th, eight fishermen pulled their nets on board and discovered a human-ish person with two legs and a tail, like you said. Hmm. So according to the story, all eight men were interviewed separately and described as having or described the creature as having, um, th- the men weren't, the creature was, <laughs> described as having webbed feet like a duck, the face of a man, and a tail like a salmon, and it stood around four feet high. They claimed that when the creature was brought on board, it jumped up and ran away, and when they caught up to it, him, it, the, they, they were lying on the ground, moaning like a human, as they died. Aww. So... Less than a century later, in 1812, a crew claimed to hear music in Exmouth, about 10 miles away from Exeter on land. The crew claimed to have been hearing music coming from a creature which was human like with a fish tail. It was described as having webbed fingers, a long oval face, seal like, but more agreeable with hair on the crown in the back of its head.
1: <laughs> seal like, but more agreeable.
0: More agreeable. I think seals look pretty nice.
1: Yeah, like they're they're ocean dogs. Like yeah,
0: they're cute. And only eleven years after that, sightings were again reported in Exeter of a creature in the River X with two legs below the waist, like the one seen in 1737. And according to a report in the Devon Times, the creature quote had resemblance to a salmon from the waist down, and that it ran from the bemused onlookers till it was knocked down and killed. People are trash.
1: Yeah. I'm like
0: We don't know what it is, let's fucking kill it.
1: Well, I mean people are humans are just like, We know what it is. Let's take selfies with it.
0: Yes. Let's pull this dolphin out of the ocean and take a picture with it.
1: Yeah. Dolphin or sharks or <sighs> people are stupid. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. But then sometimes England.
1: Sometimes you'll be like you know on the beach and you might come across a whale and just think man I wonder what would happen if I jumped inside of it uh, hey. if you want to know what that's like you can listen to our Patreon episode <laughs> about some gushy ass whales yep segue that episode
0: dropped on Sunday yep. you can enjoy that and we'll have some fresh beats for you coming up this next Sunday or something anyway yeah so that's my story about England okay So,
1: like it was said earlier, one of the continents that I got was Asia. And there's a ton of mermaid legends in Asia. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them fall into Hindu and Buddhist belief systems. And because of this, I did not include those stories. They're really interesting, and I encourage if you're interested in mermaids to go and look into them if you wish to. But I didn't want to risk doing them a disservice. So I did not
0: include them. Oh, I talked about the Christian ones. Sorry.
1: Well. <laughs> I Well. It, it's like it's more. We're more familiar with Christianity. Because we were raised around it. Whereas yeah. I wasn't raised around. Buddhists. Or Hindu people. To know enough of like accuracy versus inaccuracy in what i'm reading right um so we'll start with uh indonesia so in indonesia one of the more interesting stories i found was a retelling of a story i'm familiar with called the crane wife so the story goes basically that there's this fisherman who catches a small but beautiful golden fish and he takes pity on the creature and does not eat it and he goes back to work but then when he comes home bam clean house what's the smell delicious hot dinner on the table but who so this goes on for a few days when he comes home his whole house is clean and there's food on the kitchen table for him like piping hot ready to eat so finally he decides to wait around and spy and try to figure out who is breaking into his home and doing all these nice things so he had kept the fish at home to make sure to kind of keep it safe so that no one else would catch it and eat it because he thought it was such a kind of pitiful but beautiful creature Mm -hmm. and so as he's left for the day he comes back around and he's Peeping through his own window, basically, into the house. And watches as the fish transforms into a beautiful woman.
0: Oh! He
1: rushes inside and proposes instantly. She refuses at first, but finally does agree. Making him promise to never tell anyone else what she really is. Okay. So they have a good marriage and even have a son together. And one day, when the husband loses his temper, he yells at his son that he was, quote, the child of a fish. The son ran to his mother and explained what happened, and the mother was furious and hurt by her husband, who had broken his promise Mm -hmm, of never mm -hmm. telling anyone what she really was. So she sent their son to climb up to the top of the tallest tree and went down to the lake that she had been fished out of she turned back into a fish and jumped into the lake and then using mystical fish powers
0: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. flooded a lot of those.
1: <laughs> Flooded the valley, killing the fishermen and the entire village he belonged to. And her son would go to become the island of Samosir.
0: Okay. I guess turning your son into an island is better than, you know, drowning him or something. Yeah.
1: And so... I think that this is a similar story that's told in a lot of different cultures of, I found this beautiful or this injured creature, brought it home, turns out it's a magic woman, mm-hmm. don't tell anybody what I am, tell someone yeah. who they are, and then they run away.
0: <laughs> this is Actually, just a there's more a-
1: violent ending to it.
0: <laughs> there's a similar story in France that I talk about. Very, very similar, but we'll get there.
1: I, that's what i have for indonesia is that primary story of yeah
0: the
1: cautionary tale of keep your promises
0: yeah 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 uh there's a lot of mermaiding not mer- mating but you know um Mermaider. there's a, a little sort of the celtic people <laughs> have a lot of stories which makes sense because they're fucking islands yeah that's why uh, a
1: lot there, I found so much in Asia, I think, is because they're oh there's a lot so of islands. Island.
0: Yeah. So the Scottish people and from what I understood, it was like Scottish people up or Ireland, Scotland, and even up into Iceland all shared some of these. So I'm not trying to specifically pinpoint at this point, but it is does seem to be a Celtic thing. Um so they had these things called Selkies.
1: Ah, uh, Selkies, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know Selkies <laughs> I am you go familiar. way back so <laughs> Selkies <prince>. are <laughs> Selkies are seal folk they are known to be shapeshifters who would shed their seal skin to become human on land and men the bastards would steal and hide the seal skin to coerce the maidens into marriage so she might bear his children and, you know, whatever, cook his fucking meals. But she's constantly searching for her skin. And if she finds it, she fucks off back to the ocean, abandoning any family. Although apparently in the child-friendly version, uh, she does come back once a year to visit. Male selkies are heckin' hotties looking for female ladies. Female ladies? Female humans (laughs) who are unsatisfied with their lives. And so they frequently will find women who are unhappy in their marriages or like their husbands are out at sea and they're lonely. You know, whatever. And if you're a lady looking for a selkie to, to bang with, you go to the ocean and you cry seven years, seven years, seven tears into the water. And then they'll come out and they'll, they'll do you good. They'll <laughs> give you the good selkie D. <laughs> it's said that uh, children... Who were born uh, from human and selkie were uh, born with webbed fingers and toes, hmm. and I kind of think part of me is like, you know, I bet that was—I mean, there is a, a mutation where that happens, and that might have just been a way to like point out those people as even more like freaks. You got webbed fucking fingers because you're a seal person. <laughs> be like badass!
1: I can't wait for my
0: fae father to come and whisk me away. <laughs> Right? <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of the story about the uh, the Selkies. I was trying not to take eight years to talk about that. Uh, the Irish people also have the Marrow and they are sometimes also seal folk, but are generally more of an Irish thing. So they have a special magic red hat. And it is you need to wear your magic red hat to travel between land and sea. So men would, again, steal your fucking hat and make the marrow their wife against their will. Fucking guy. And so marrows are thought to have long green hair. It's a gorgeous woman from the waist up and a fish-like potty uh, from the waist down with green scales. Yeah, they gotta make sure fingers. they got those titties. That's the important mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they are also known for luring men beneath the waves. Good. Male versions are grotesque with pig-like features and long tusks, which is apparently why females sought out men on land.
1: Makes sense.
0: Uh, Mermaid sightings were reported in Ireland as recently as 1910, when one was seen in County Clare. One local said that mermaids were a bad omen, as the last sighting in 1814 was followed by the Great Potato Famine. I didn't look up what happened in 1910, but I bet it was bad. <laughs>
1: Probably, uh, wasn't that... Um,
0: World in- War I? Influenza? Maybe. that's In the U.S. it was 1918, so... All right, well, uh, then we have the kiosk of Scottish myth- mythology. Uh, that's a half woman, half salmon. Delicious. And she can shapeshift into a human. She would sometimes marry a human... Which many famous Scottish sailors claimed to be the descendants of kiosks. And it's said that if a marriage ended in the kiosk uh <laughs> returned to the sea, which, you know, she would, uh, she would watch over her babies and keep the seas calm as they sailed.
1: I am entertained by the name because a kiosk? Yeah, because I'm just thinking of a
0: kiosk. No.
1: And then it's just like the, they're the sons of kiosks. <laughs> like, those sunglass hut kiosks in the mall or whatever.
0: No, I kept thinking that too, but it is spelled very differently. Yeah, because, I
1: imagine.
0: Yeah, you know, Gaelic.
1: Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but that's just the pronunciation, that's all I could think
0: of. Yep, if she was captured against her will, she could grant you three wishes to get her freedom.
1: they would probably just be like,
0: I wish you would marry me, I wish you would marry me, I wish you would marry me. Have the sex with me, because I'm lonely, m'lady. Tips, (laughs) Fedora. So this is another one that has extended all the way up to Iceland, and it's my last Celtic one, because I gave up after a while. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, guys. Uh, So this is the story of the Finfolk. These are also shapeshifters. They lived underwater in a kingdom called Finfolkheim, original. They did have a summer home in Orkney on a magical, vanishing island called Hildaland. Uh, fit folk were prone to piracy, raiding, destroying ships, and abducting humans to make them slaves. They were said to transfer so fast, so like when you're out in the ocean and you see like a glint of light, and it's just like real quick, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's supposed to be the the quick light. Uh, reflection is supposed to be the magic of the finfolk transformation.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. What uh, if one? Odd like a, such a specific trait. Yep.
0: Yep. If you were ever caught by one, if like one was trying to abduct you, you throw a silver coin. And then they go, "Oh shit, silver." And they run for it cuz they want that money. Same. They want that money. If they succeed in finding a human to bone, <laughs> They will suck the youth out of them. Well, that sounds violent. And and if a fin folk woman marries a finfolk man, um, she is doomed to turn into an elderly lady and go on to land to make money for her and her fin husband. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so it curious. was It was basically a way to um it was like the witch hunts. Is like, oh, you're an old lady living by mm. yourself with cats, so you're a fin lady and you're, you know, a bad person. It was kind of like that. So if you lived alone and you had cats, you were a fin wife and you were a person to steer clear of or to possibly kill. Yay!
1: Yep. Fun times. What a fun time to be alive. Like the golden yep. years, you would even say.
0: Yeah. Oh, darling. Oh, I have a box.
1: So I have in probably the most recent, I guess, story. Um, I don't know of yours, but of mine for sure. So in Laos in 1974, um, I'm going to butcher the shit out of this name. fo Vieng, I'm not even in. <laughs> <laughs> in Sisingma in Sisingma. so Fo was a child soldier and he was That's caught sad. in the middle of an explosion at the same time he got shot in the leg so he dove into the Mekong River um but in his scared and a weakened state he couldn't fight sinking into the water mm. with his heavy weaponry and clothing mhm So he got sucked into a whirlpool after being a child soldier caught in an explosion and shot in the leg (laughs) and assumed that his death was going to be the next thing coming. So he's like trying to rationalize as much as a child can what's going on. But then he saw something, a huge fish, but he quickly recognized that the creature had a human face. It was a mermaid. Oh, She pulled him out of the water and basically just tossed him on shore with her tail. And he passed out. (laughs) And he woke back up on the shore. And the villagers who found him said that he had been saved by the underwater folk. And only those that are of kind nature and would like, only those who were nice people, basically, or good people. Would be blessed by their assistance. Okay. And so he took that as a sign. And an opportunity to. Turn his life around. From what he had been going through. And everything. And everyone who he had been with. At the time thought he was dead. So he took that chance. And actually stopped. You know playing games of war. And being involved with that. And instead became a monk.
0: Okay. That's nice. That's a nice story. Yeah, it was
1: 1974. Mermaid sighting. Okay.
0: So I'm going to do a quick overview of the Rusalki. They're a Slavic water spirit. So they are the spirits of women or nymphs. And so originally it's thought to be like a Slavic pagan sort of thing where these spirits or nymphs would come out of the water and in the spring they would dance, dance in the fields. Uh, and thus helped to nurture the crops uh, because they would sprinkle water on the crops when they danced. But then, you know how it happens. They became evil. And <laughs> through through the power of men writing things, um, they became young women who either committed suicide by drowning due to an unhappy marriage or... Um, being jilted by a lover or uh, who were violently drowned against their will especially after becoming pregnant with an unwanted child Um, and they would become these vengeful spirits essentially that would blame men and children for their fates. Uh, Same. Yeah Uh, and so (laughs) and so like any sort of siren story they would lure you to the waters and then drown you. This is a pretty common Uh, occurrence. Now if if the spirit was avenged or if i don't know through some magic or whatever the spirit found peace it would become a benevolent spirit and move along with whatever it's doing i guess there wasn't a whole heck and heck of a lot on the Rasalki, but i felt they were worth mentioning uh the germanic versions um start with ran i hope i'm saying that right it might be ron um she ran or ron Um, is the goddess and personification of the sea, married to the Jotun uh, Aegir, who also personified the her. Uh, They had nine daughters who personified waves. So Rana said to use a net to capture fishermen and pull them below to hold them to her bosom with or without their consent. And that's like her big thing. She's got this net. She catches people. She goes, hey, baby, and holds them next to her. Until they die. She just, she just wants a little companionship. Uh, and so then you have Lorelei of the Rhine, which is a pretty famous one. Um, so, in some stories, she's a water nymph and the daughter of Rhine, uh, who would spend her days beneath the water, would sit on a pinnacle of rock, known as the Lorelei Rock, in the moonlight. More often, though, she is a beautiful maiden who threw herself into the river Rhine. In despair over the faithless lover, and she was transformed into a siren. She's known for singing her song and distracting the sailors and fishermen, and they would crash into craggy rocks. Also, I mean, you look like you want to say something.
1: Well, I was just saying that I think it's interesting to listen to you go over a lot of these European stories and legends and stuff, and seeing where they picked and chose Ariel. Mm-hmm from yeah because there's a lot of like her dad's king triton and they have what seven daughters because they have each a daughter each for the seven seas or eight daughters one for each of the seven seas and then ariel yeah and like you know so then the sitting up on a craggy rock and singing and yep yeah there's just a lot of I think it's interesting to listen to your stories and see, like, oh, that's where they got that aspect for Ariel.
0: And, like, the, the one, uh, the Cornish story, the mermaid of Zer- Zeron, uh, she was a singer in some of the stories, so that really, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's like Disney cherry picking. Yeah,
1: well, there's a couple of mine, too, where um, I think some of Ariel and Ursula's design Mm-hmm. is referenced in mine too it's just not as heavily as in europe european
0: stories uh there's also a dramatic one that i just want you to look up because it's so fucking funny looking the sea Seder. <laughs> what and i'm not saying anything else i'm just leaving that one there for you to imagine and have fun on google because holy shit i was not expecting that you're welcome
1: he just looks like a Capricorn.
0: Right? But he's like a the goofy looking one.
1: There's like, there's two options for him. He's either got like jolly belly and titties or he is ripped <laughs> as fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, that moves us on to Italy. Uh, so that famous Starbucks iron we were talking about? Yeah. They, Starbucks themselves, claim that it's from a 16th century wood cutting from the Norse variety, uh, but the earliest depiction of a two-tailed mermaid is actually from 7th century Italy in the Entronto Cathedral near the Mediterranean. It was included along with other images from biblical stories, the Tree of Life, Alexander the Great, and the Egyptian Sphinx, and so it's thought that it's meant to represent an exchange of philosophies and religions during the middle ages. And some believe it was based on the legend of Melusine Hmm. and Melusine segue, uh, was the French, uh, story that is very similar to the one that you just told. Um, she's a fresh water spirit. Um, she's usually depicted as a woman with a danger noodle, butt or a fish tail. Uh, but she also sometimes has wings I you you don't know what st- a
1: danger noodle is. It's a snake.
0: That's a snack. It's a no rope. In one story, she's the daughter of the fairy Priscine and the King Ellenus of Albany, which is modern Scotland. Priscine took her daughters to Avalon after disgusting, or after the disgusting king broke an oath never to look at her or their daughters in the bath. Gross. The fact that that has to be a rule is gross uh i think specifically it was like you cannot look upon me when i am birthing or bathing our children or something like that and he did not listen to her so Gross. uh there's a similar uh pattern with melissine's marriages just don't fucking look at me when i'm taking a bath man can't handle not being pervs and she fucking leaves in other versions melissine sought revenge against revenge against her father and she locks him and his riches in the mountain. Priscine is pissed and punishes her daughter for disrespecting her father because parenting. <laughs> and Melisene was condemned to take the form of a serpent from the waist down, or the form of a mermaid, every Saturday. And what is the Norse Bath Day?
1: Friday, isn't it?
0: Or no. That was Saturday. Saturday. It's Friday is Friggs Day. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was an interesting Anyway, so she marries this dude, Raymond, right? And he and she says, hey, leave me alone on Saturdays. But again, can't fucking resist. So he sees her in her true form and she's like, all right, look, I forgive you. But you can't fucking talk about this. So then he calls her a fucking serpent in front of his court during a disagreement. And so she turns into a dragon and is never seen again. The end
1: how i want to go out
0: and just be like fuck this i'm a dragon now yeah
1: Maleficent
0: it without the death of me the dragon
1: yeah just turn into a dragon then like set everything on fire and leave yep what else you got let's let's hear you for a
0: minute here
1: all right so um in the philippines uh mermaids are called sirena because the philippines were colonized by spain yep yep they were so lot of shared terms for things that did not exist yet in Tagalog. But, like Casey said, they're not so much the idea of the Greek sirens, where they are bird people. These are actually aquatic creatures. And they're also where I feel like Disney might have drawn some inspiration for Ariel as well. Okay. So... They, because of this, they are often accompanied by gentle sea creatures. Aww. Specifically, they are described as being uh, accompanied by dugongs, which are like manatees, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sea turtles. Which, I mean, if I got to just like chill with a couple of ocean creatures, they'd probably be on my list.
0: Yeah. I love a manatee.
1: Yeah, I want to go. There's a place in Florida where you can uh, swim with manatees.
0: I don't ever want to go to Florida.
1: I mean, I don't either, but I want to swim with manatees.
0: Sorry, Floridians. I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not sorry, Floridians.
1: But yeah, they're like uh, rescued, like um, rehabilitated manatees that have been like hit by boats or whatever. And so they'll have them there and part of like how they pay for their care and feeding them and stuff is by having you like, be able to go in and swim and hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds super fun. They look like big roxy, big water roxies and I love them.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so they also sing and draw, not the dugongs, but the sirens, <laughs> and draw seafaring people <laughs> to their deaths. Uh, But unlike the Greek sirens, that's not their ultimate goal. It's kind of an incidental thing that happens. Mm -hmm. And that they're often described as actually being very gentle by nature. And sort of polite and kind of quiet creatures. Okay. And they're seen as a type of guardian of the water. There's also, in the Philippines, there's two other kinds of mermaid stories so the sirena is one and then they have the suyokoi the suyokoi um which are green-skinned humanoids that sometimes have webbed limbs but also sometimes they have tentacles instead of arms or legs okay which i think could be some inspiration for ursula Mm mm-hmm and um, they're much more predatory, 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 and animalistic than the sirens. They will often eat people that are in the water and are accompanied by similarly
0: aggressive sea creatures such as eels and squids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This this ties into one of my Polynesian things, actually. So that that checks out. <laughs>
1: The third aquatic mermaid-like creature that exists in the Philippines um, is called a kata, And they're similar in appearance to the sirena, uh, but they have gills and fins on their limbs. And they sometimes disguise themselves to trick humans into drowning. Hmm. So they'll appear as human and like need help in the water or whatever and when people come out to try to help them they're like ha ha now you're gonna drown bye
0: yeah (laughs) um the they can scottish had one of those too they were called the blue men of minch I didn't talk about them because they weren't really mermaids, but they're like aquatic blue dudes, like the blue man crew that just chills (laughs) in the water. (laughs)
1: And And
0: when you get close to them, you realize, oh, no, these people are blue. But by the time you realize that, it's too late and you think they're drowning, but they they just drown you instead. Uh, Sorry. You're
1: fine. (laughs) The uh, Kataw also can control the ocean. They are reportedly responsible for summoning typhoons and tsunamis and can also turn water into ice. Mm. So that's the three. Basically got the good one, the evil one, and then the the other one. Like this kind of neither good (laughs) nor evil. I guess aside from the tricking humans into drowning.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've only got like two things left in Europe since I got through so many of them. So if you want to continue...
1: I mean, I've only got one more in Asia, so
0: if we okay. split it up. Alright, Uh, my next one is the Netherlands, uh, and so this isn't as much of a lore thing as it is a fun story I heard, uh, which is there was a alleged mermaid who was captured after a dam broke, and she was pulled ashore and, like in many stories, earned her leg achievement when she got on land. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, They cleaned her up and they started taking her to church and made her convert and all this sort of thing. And she couldn't speak. So she was never able to communicate with anybody, but she seemed to yearn for the water. So she was constantly trying to run back to the river, but was always stopped. And it turns out this may have just been a deaf, mute lady who really liked swimming. (laughs) Welcome to the Netherlands. (laughs) They're just like, no,
1: come back, accept your lord. (laughs) Yep, but I like swimming. <laughs> I don't I know like what turtles. you're talking about because I can't <laughs> hear you.
0: That's right. <clears throat> so yeah, that's it. That poor. That's la- another. One. That poor lady. <laughs>
1: um. So the last one that I have for Asia is Japan. Hmm. So this is um where the picture you sent to me uh comes into oh, play. <laughs> lobster bib. Lobster bib, which is now gonna have to go on the Instagram. <laughs> Yep. So Japan has a legend called the and I the nio, sounds right, or literally human fish. <laughs> so it is described as a fish with the head of a human. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. body that's what it looked like, bo- full ass fish body, human head stuck on the end. <laughs>
0: They could hang out with the sirens, who were lady faces on birds. Yeah. There you go.
1: So, um, it's commonly described as being a the head of a human woman, um, mm-hmm. but it can be a man. It's just more common to see it as a woman. And is often depicted having a pair of golden horns, three eyes on each side of its torso, and Ugh. a carp-like tail. I don't like this. <laughs> One was reported as being seen in 1805 and was described as being 35 feet long, requiring to be shot four- by 450 rifles to be defeated and killed. Why? Uh, it was attacking like a bridge. Like it was... So? rebuild the bridge no kill the monster that's wh- why what they oh what they did kaiju i get it <laughs> sometimes the ningyoi is considered a yokai which is a throwback holla Back to, episode two yeah it was like episode two
0: episode three yeah two was canada yeah episode
1: three <laughs> so catching them was said to bring storms and misfortune and other just general bad luck if mm-hmm. they were not thrown back into the body of water that they were fished from. However, if you ate them, they were reportedly absolutely delicious and gave oh. you increased longevity.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say stamina. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: also, the Ningyo was if, like, if an Ninyo was washed up on shore, like on a beach or something, it was a omen that there was going to be a great war coming soon or a Ooh. battle or another kind of like giant calamity like an earthquake or a tsunami or tsunami, something.
0: Yeah.
1: Something bad was going to happen to that area if one washed up on shore.
0: Okay that sounds bad
1: yeah they're fucking weird looking sometimes they have human teeth sometimes they have like shark teeth they're weird
0: oh man
1: ancient people were just so bored they had to come up with all this weird weird shit (laughs) like what if we had a carp but instead of a carp head it had a human head
0: that's right
1: also what if
0: it had horns so the picture that uh, we were referencing, and I kept seeing this picture of this, this fish that she's talking about with its human face, and, like, it looked like it had a samurai dress on. And so I thought it was going to be a samurai fish. It's not a samurai fish, and I feel sad.
1: No. But it is... But I asked... I mean, the, the plaid sort of fabric that it looked like it had in that picture would be really common for, like, common kimonos.
0: Like the one in Animal Crossing? Yeah. So I lied. I don't have anywhere in Europe freaking liar, okay. I'm lying bitch, I know. But I do have some interesting North American stories.
1: Okay. My other two uh Africa and Australia, I just found like one really interesting one that I talk a fair amount about.
0: Okay. Well then I'll do all of North America, you can do Africa. I'll do all of South America, you can do Australia or however you know however yeah, you want to do fine. it, and then I'll that's do fine. Antarctica. That's, that's good. Go, go, go. Hey no nice to me no like scotland the seal is generally credited for the mermaid sightings of canada man i wish i could be on like those bbc shows (laughs) anyway so seals seals fun fact there you what was the year that you gave me it was like 74 yeah so in 1967 Some ferry passengers in British Columbia claim to see a mermaid on some rocks at the entrance of Active Pass. They claim she had long blonde hair and the lower body of a porpoise. And she was just chilling on some rocks eating a salmon. It was like took a big fucking bite out of a salmon. So this photo was taken from an aircraft. By George Harrison, and not that George Harrison, but a George Harrison from Iowa. <laughs> but it's you know, like nobody had anything they could like really say about it. Uh and I guess there was like a 25000 dollars reward, but nobody ever heard everything anything back from it. There's like very little on it other than people say they saw it. So that's fun. <laughs> uh there's also the I'm going to fucking butcher this, and I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) Can't be any worse than my Vietnamese, or not Vietnamese, Laotian.
0: Passamaquoddy? I think that's how you say it. Uh, It's a tribal legend. Um, A lot of these, uh, this tribe is in the northeastern part of the United States and into Canada. Uh, So it it kind of is both Canada and the United States. But um, two daughters were told not to go fucking swimming in a great body of water that their tribe was next to or else something terrible was going to happen to them so they went swimming of course they did because (laughs) kids are little shits and so the father found them and called for them to come back and when they did they couldn't make it up onto the sand they said their bodies had grown too heavy and they weren't able to make it it turns out they had grown all slimy, and they had a serpent tail from the waist down. How would you not notice? Right? <laughs> so, um, after sinking from the weight of their heavy tails, the slime made them beautiful with long black hair, large black eyes, and silver bands on their arms and neck. I mean, upgrade, Right? <laughs> I need to find some of this beauty slime. Right. <laughs> There's also an Inuit story of Sedna. And I think you're going to love this. There's like five fucking different stories of Sedna. So I just picked a few that I really liked. And uh, one story, she is a giant. And she's the daughter of the creator, Anguta. And she gets hangry and she attacks her parents because, of course... <laughs> So Anguta takes her out into the sea and throws her into the water. When in doubt, cast him in the ocean. Parenting. (laughs) Uh, So she clings to the sides of the kayak. And like any good father, he cuts off her fingers and she sinks into the underworld.
1: I mean, yeah, that's Parenting 101. I don't understand why. So
0: another legend (laughs) claims that she's actually displeased by the men that her father brings her. And so she marries a dog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a mood.
0: Kayak cutting off fingers proceeds as normal. Uh, <laughs> in another legend, though, a hunter comes and says, Hey, I want to marry Sedna. And she keeps refusing all these dudes, but then her dad's like, You know what? Yeah. And so he gives Sedna a sleeping potion and then gives her to the dude. Gross. So she wakes up in a nest surrounded by a whole bunch of fucking birds. Bunch and fuck. A bunch and fuck of birds. It's a new form of measurement. (laughs) Uh, So she wakes up, surrounded by these birds. It's revealed that the hunter was actually a great bird spirit. And so her dad gets pissed and comes and tries to rescue her. But Birdman gets angry and causes a big storm. So in desperation, dad throws Sedna into the sea. Again, she clings to the side of the kayak, but her hands freeze her fingers fall off she falls to the bottom of the ocean where she grows a fishtail sans fingers sans fingers so uh the thing about sedna is that she is considered to be the mother of the sea and marine animals and that is because in all of these versions the fingers become the first walruses seals and whales that the inuit would hunt stevie i am working she's like me too she's destroying her father's chair so, yes, that, uh, that is what happens to her. So, she, like, falls in and, like, there's art of her falling into the ocean and the blood coming out turns into fish and all this other stuff. Hmm. It's very interesting story. Yeah. Lastly, for Canada, I have uh, this. Uh, fuck, I'm so fucking sorry. sab Sabawailanu. They are water spirits. Of the legend uh, of legend to the Mi'kmaq tribe, Mi'kmaq tribe, so they are water people. Uh, they are sometimes also called the halfway people, humans with uh, on on the upper body and then fish tails. These creatures have power over storms, and they aren't known to harm people as long as they're given the proper respect. So the Mi'kmaq people would interpret their songs. And if you were somebody who could understand what they were singing, you would be able to predict the weather. Hmm. World's first meteorologists. Right. Uh, So then I head on into the U.S. of A. Where the... Now, I want to let you know, before I say this, this is spelled moo. And so I kept looking up the moo spirit. And it was really funny to me. But it's actually the mo'o Hawaiian water spirit. Uh Uh-huh. And I also would agree that this is uh, similarly to your story where uh, Ursula might have come from because it—they are said to have monstrous forms of reptiles and humans, uh, but have also been noid, known, <laughs> also have been known to have, uh, have humanoid hybrids with serpents, eels, octopi, and even crocodiles. Sounds so awesome. So the octopi thing really—it's like yes, I have one of those also. Um, they are considered gods and goddesses, but they're revered as something called omakao, or a family god or a deified ancestor, uh, typically personified as animals. Hmm. They are they range from very small to very big.
1: Kind of makes me think uh, of the um, the grandmother character in Moana. Yes. like having the stingray or the manta ray or whatever, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, spirit
0: mm-hmm. personified. Yep, exactly right. And they are, they are also believed to be amphibious, so seems like they uh, were able to live both on land and sea or water because they also lived in both fresh and salt water. But usually, the stories focus on fish ponds. Hmm. And when a mo'o dies, its petrified body becomes part of the landscape. It turns into a rock be an interesting way to go out mm. there are several native tribes um in the western united states mostly in california but up into like washington uh that have the stories of water babies uh, they inhabit springs and sometimes ponds or streams they are beautiful human infants although in some tribes they have fish tails, or appear as reptilian beings that merely make cries resembling <laughs> human babies. That's more that checks out more. In uh, many of these traditions, the cry of a water baby is an omen of death.
1: Dang. In okay. Others,
0: in others, responding to the water baby's crying and picking it up will result in catastrophe. Good. Uh, I don't know if you get into the Fiji mermaid hoax at all in your story. I do not. Uh, are you familiar? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm. But our say to listeners, listeners say, might not. P.T. Barnum of the of the circus renown, <laughs> the circus variety, <laughs> the circus renown. Uh, in 1822, he decided to have a monkey sewn to a fish. I hope they were both dead, uh, and build it as a mermaid, the Fiji mermaid. Uh, and from what I read, it was thought to be done by a Japanese fisherman. So interesting stuff. He made a lot of money yeah big hoax you can
1: still um buy remakes and stuff of the feeding mermaid
0: so there was also a mermaid sighting in that Kau- point hawaii hawaii uh april 12th here here's a date for you 1998 dang you have the most recent one photographed by dive master jeff Liker. Uh, actually you know what when i was doing my research though uh, i saw one from 2009 in israel i'm just saying could have could have been you <laughs> uh so she had a long flowing hair and one of the most beautiful faces that divemaster jeff Liker had ever seen she was allegedly keeping up with a group of dolphins all 10 of the people on the boat witnessed this incident and he claims that quote about an hour later we arrived at the point where we were diving. I was photographing some colorful fish with my underwater camera. Suddenly I felt something brush against my leg. She shot by me like a streak of lightning and then turned and came back past me, swimming the other way. I just aimed the camera and started snapping pictures. I kept shooting as she broke free for the surface and swam away.
1: <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. A uh, weekly
0: book. world news had likers pictures oh, analyzed
1: news. <laughs> oh, so
0: uh, by three noted photography labs. In quotes, uh all three said that the photos were genuine and have not been tampered with. Oh, I mean,
1: of course, <laughs> it's a reputable news <laughs>
0: absolute outlet. <laughs> How else will you know what's going on with Bat Boy? So this is definitely fake. Uh, Also, John Smith in 1614 was said to have seen a green-haired woman who was, quote, by no means unattractive. It was probably a manatee. Also, probably a work of fiction because it turns out John Smith was nowhere near the, quote, West Indies at this time. And uh, so it's what people think is like somebody was writing a story about john smith and then people were like oh my god this is john smith saw a fucking mermaid and it was (laughs) like no no he didn't actually see a mermaid also fun fact there are over a thousand professional mermaids and mermen working full-time in the field of mermaiding in the u.s
1: (laughs) yeah that was something that i found in australia that i had to navigate around but because evidently professional mermaids is a very lucrative employee in australia and so i had to like no real
0: mermaids no not real (laughs) mermaids
1: god damn it
0: (laughs) ah there's uh, a story of one la tlanchana from mexico Uh, She was considered the mother spirit from the water. She lived in lakes, not the ocean. Uh, She had an upper body of a woman with long hair and pale skin, the lower body of a black water snake. Uh, So she wore a crown and necklaces and a string of aquatic creatures around her waist. Which is kind of weird. It's like if Aquaman decided to just wear like a bandolier of fish. He's kind (laughs) of fucked up. Uh, she originates from Mexico's indigenous Otomi people, predating even the Aztec Empire, as the goddess uh, oh fuck me. Okay, I tried to practice this. Acapaco Ahacapo, Yeah, okay, I'm not gonna say that anymore though. So she was a benevolent god, the goddess of intuition and the future, and she was called upon to deliver omens. Later, though, when the Aztecs came and like took over everything, She was adopted by them and given the name Atlatonchane, which became Tlanchana. I can't speak these languages. This version was not a purely benevolent goddess. And if she was sighted, or if she was slighted, um, she would wrap her tail around a human man and drag him underwater where they would drown. So when the Spanish tried to eradicate all pre-Hispanic beliefs, the legend of the Tlachana lived on. And so the Spanish decided to change their tactics and thus the Tlachana form became that more of a European mermaid. Hmm. Um, And I was going to get into the Caribbean some, but a lot of those ended up just being a blending of African and European cultures because it's kind of what the Caribbean is. And so I figured I would let you talk about the African stuff. And like, uh, there's one, it's basically... Mamiwata. Um and it's Mamiwata as La Sirna or the Siren. Yeah. So anyway, that's North America from me, your pal Casey.
1: So let's continue talking about Mamiwata. Let's do it. And venture out to Africa. So in West, Central and South Africa, along with African Diaspora which is a new word that I was not familiar with, Mm. um, which is basically people who were enslaved and the descendants of those same people. So people who were displaced out of Africa who continued on the African beliefs and traditions. So she has a ton of descriptions on how she looks, specifically like how her hair is styled.
0: There's Mm -hmm. a lot
1: of discourse about what mommy Wada's hair is
0: for some reason it's it's important to an african woman
1: and um but she's always from what i found depicted as having a very deep complexion and a lot of dark black hair in the majority of her depictions Mm -hmm. i've seen a few where she has that kind of like beyonce honey colored hair Mm-hmm. Um, but more common. Not seen those. Yeah, more commonly, all the other depictions I have seen, she has like traditional dark black hair and a lot of it. No matter how it's yeah. styled, there's a lot of hair, <laughs> and um, she is described sometimes described as having a nude upper body of a woman, and then the hind quarters of a fish or a serpent. Other times. She's fully human in appearance, despite not being actually human. Um, she often carries expensive items, like combs, mirrors, and watches, and frequently has at least one very large snake accompanying her, and the main snake will like wrap around her waist and then will rest its head in between her breasts on her chest. And snakes in a lot of African and Loa belief represent a symbol of divination and divinity. So, you know, showing that she is a divine creature by being able to, or having a a snake as a companion, a constant companion. Incidentally, it's why you see a lot of snakes involved in any of the loa faith and practitioners of like voodoo and hoodoo and things like that um snakes always play a big part in the belief structure because of their association with divination the power of voodoo (laughs) she's commonly seen with a mirror like i said and this represents a part of the ritual to see into the present and into the future through her mirror And by looking into her mirror, there is a belief that you can will things into existence. That any mirror is a way to look at yourself and perceive what you wish. And that if you look into Mami Wada's mirror, you can recreate, recreate yourself how you wish to be. And then if she chooses you, if she lets you look into the mirror, she will assist you to achieve those goals. If you remember, or if you don't, go back and listen to our Deities episodes. The Loa and African descended gods will sometimes possess people for their own purposes. Whether it be for their amusement or some sort of uh, moving forward a goal or a task that they need a human body in order to accomplish. And Mami Wada is no exception to this. So she will often abduct people when they are in the water swimming or boating and will take them to her realm that's basically a paradise, like an aquatic paradise. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes she lets these chosen people go, and they will return from the water with completely dry clothing, in a new spiritual understanding. Um, often they will grow wealthier. Uh, become more attractive. And generally be more relaxed. And in a better disposition.
0: Having, I need that.
1: <laughs> having been chosen by Mami Wada To have her kind of blessings. And she is also tied very closely with healing. And with um, maternity and not necessarily childbirth, but like giving people children. Mm-hmm. Like uh barren women will often worship Mamiwada. Um it's said that if you are the same angle Mamiwada and Oshun are very similarly like tied together deities, but Mamiwada specifically has the like Mermaid side of things, which is why I talked about her more here. But it's a belief that if you, you know, pray to and worship Mamiwata or Oshun, if you are a barren woman who is seeking to have children, that that is the Loa deity to worship in order to have a child. Okay. And if someone gets sick with an incurable or like terminal disease, Mami Wada is also often blamed for it. Oh. And the... So basically the illness is sometimes (laughs) considered... (laughs) uh, It's sometimes considered a side effect of her taking an interest in you. Because she is the only person that can heal you from these incurable diseases. Uh And so it's a way to bring you to her. So she will give you this disease that only she can cure so that you, in hopes that you will seek her out for help through blessings. Right. There's a lot of different things that go along with her just like any other Loa deity as far as like what is offered for her, um, what clothing, like she's often associated with um. Red and white, which is interesting for like African faiths and beliefs because red is associated with like the male form, and white is associated oh. with the female form. And so it's interesting because she is a specifically like exclusively female deity that she would have a masculine aside associated with her right. Um, and there' still priests and priestesses that are mami Wada priests and they will do rituals still and she's one of the still very frequently and referenced frequently talked about and referenced like african deity she's seen as one of the more important or influential deities probably because okay. of her relationship with healing Right. And disease being such a prevalent thing in Africa for so long. And there's a lot. I was even seeing, even found like how a few years ago when Beyonce did her like Grammys or VMAs, I think it's VMAs, um, and she was in like the all gold when she was pregnant and everything. Mm-hmm. And there are different aspects of her costume that like gold like, beautiful gold, like, bikini and veil and crown and all of those different things. How all of them break down into references of, like, indigenous religions. And Mami mm-hmm. Wada is one of them that's referenced in her costume.
0: Interesting. Did not know.
1: But That's what I've got for Africa. Um, I thought that she was, I mean, I always think that the Loa are a very interesting belief system. I think that it's fascinating to see a religion i mean it's kind of the same way with like buddhism it's interesting to see a religion survive through so much when it's Mm -hmm. not accepted right and to see the like loa and african gods and goddesses kind of making a comeback in recent years as far as popularity i think is really interesting too
0: Alright, well let me tell you a couple little stories about South America. Okay. So, generally (laughs) from what I have found about uh, Latin American uh, mermaid stories, they're less evil and more like the discarded wife or uh, discarded woman figure. Mm. But there were two specifically that I really wanted to talk about and one is uh, of the story of Mila Lobo, uh, he is the king of the sea, and so he is half man, half sea lion, only he didn't just happen that way. I'm just,
1: he's half man, half sea lion, all himbo.
0: <laughs> well. It's like a movie tagline. So his dad was a sea lion, and his mom was a people. Zeus... <laughs> get the fuck out of South America (laughs) Milobo married a human woman and he had a son named Pincoy and he had two daughters Pincoya and you guessed it Serena (laughs) siren with an A uh, but this story isn't about Serena this is about Pincoy who would help lost sailors at sea And what I thought was really interesting about these two in particular, uh, so this is a Chilean story, if I didn't say that. What I thought about what was really interesting about these is that I found that they were very much helpful and not the... Crash your boat into some
1: rocks, motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Uh, So Pincoya was described as the most beautiful woman in the world. And so she dances. She dances on a rock. And if she's seen facing the sea when she's dancing, it's a sign that there will be a lot of fish that year. Oh. But if she's facing the shore, it means you're going to struggle to find food, friends. So Sorry about that.
1: Aquatic groundhog. Got it. Yeah.
0: And uh, Pinkoio, or Pinkoi and Pinkoya were not just brother and sister. They were also husband and wife. Because you got to keep that mermaid gene pool going, right? Yeah. So, yeah, fun times. Now, fun here's times a- like incest. The Lannisters always pay their debts or something, right? Yeah, something like that. So, in Brazil, there's a legend of Iara. And if you don't know this fucking legend, you're gonna be like, this bitch is a fucking legend after I tell you this.
1: I mean, you already prefaced it with that she was a legend.
0: So, she's a mermaid of the Amazon River. She's often depicted with green hair, copper or light brown skin, brown eyes, and the tail like a river dolphin, manatee, or a freshwater fish.
1: That's a wide variety
0: of tail options. Of things. Yes, it is. (laughs) Maybe she switches them out like a nice pair of pants. I don't know. But she started her life as a human so she was the daughter of a tribal leader known to be a brave and intelligent warrior she was able to fight far better than both of her brothers and she was so well loved among the tribe and she was respected and so her brothers grew jealous and they killed her and they dumped her body in the river and then blamed the night goddess or the goddess of the moon joxie for the disappearance they are like oh that bitch doxy got her oops oh no what happened to, uh, to Ayara? we don't know what bitches but this was my favorite in other stories they came to kill her in her sleep thinking she's outnumbered she's fucking sleeping we got this but no she was able to fend them both off and she killed them both and then Her fucking dad punished her for the murder of her brothers and she was drowned in a river. But Joxie pitied her and resurrected her as a mermaid. Especially because she was blamed for that shit. Can you imagine? So, as a mermaid, Iara sought revenge on men because fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) And she would sing gently if her man senses started tingling (laughs) to lure them.
1: I smell man's
0: flesh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. So once they were entranced, they would leave everything behind to live underwater with her forever. She also might have just drowned them. Uh, I do love the idea though of like this magical man harem that she has under the water. I think that's just great. Go <laughs> get him, lady. But those that survived the encounter and weren't a part of her magical harem ended up going crazy or having teeth marks on the side of their neck. In some versions, there was a man named Jaragwari who met up with her and fell in love with her. And she was like, "All right, I fell in love with you too. And so he went to live with her underwater and her appetite for vengeance has been sated. The end. All she used was true love. That's right. And a man, apparently. Well, yeah. Fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah, that's a I only found those two that I really liked in South America. Okay. I wanted to really start so much with Europe because I think so much of because everybody was so colonized by Europe, so much of that tainted everything else that I felt like that was going to be the big, the big story place yeah. and then everything else was, let me talk about indigenous peoples and there's a lot less on them because it was just, you either run into the situation of like... The Tlachana where she became a mermaid because that's what the spanish people wanted her to be if they weren't going to give her up at least make her a european mermaid yeah you know or or there's just not a lot written yeah so anyway that's it
1: so like you were saying australia for me is also a aboriginal story mm-hmm. so a lot of australian aboriginal people still believe that mermaids inhabit the waters of their homeland kind of uh iceland and the fairies mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. of angle um so mermaids were believed to instruct women in ceremonial procedures related to fertility in early dream time Ooh. so what is dream time you might ask i didn't know either so i looked it up <laughs> it was the phrasing of in early dream time i'm like
0: is that like Twilight or something?
1: So it's capital D Dusk. capital D dream time. So I was like, okay. this is something important. So dream time or the dreaming is basically the beginning of Aboriginal time. So it dates back some sixty five thousand years ago. The dreaming happened. Hmm. So in dream time, all land was created, and so were the people by the spirits. They built the rivers and streams, lakes, mountains, plants, and animals. Everything was built and designed during the Dreamtime. At the same time, parcels of land and territories were given to the different aboriginal tribes that were created. Tools were also given to them for hunting and farming as well, including ancestral totems that are still used by the different tribes to this day. There is also a belief in some Aboriginal language groups that albino children born to Aboriginal parents are the results of mermaid blood in their ancestry, oh. and it's seen as like a good thing. Like the mermaids That's in Aboriginal thing. stories are are beneficial, kind creatures who helped the early Aboriginals um with their fertility and how to make sure you know they're pregnant and. Continuing their tribe's growth. A Tories Strait Islander Dreamtime story tells how fishermen would catch, sometimes catch mermaids in their nets uh, during Dreamtime. And the mermaids would often warn them not to overfish the lake or river or wherever they had just been fished from, and that they needed to take only what was required for their family to survive. And fishermen that listened would have prosperous years and would be fine, but if the fishermen would continue to overfish the lake or the river, the mermaids would just, like, pull them out of their boats and drown them in the water oh. to stop them from
0: overfishing. And mm-hmm. I was like, maybe we need some more of that in our world. Yeah, for real. <laughs> or some pinkoyas going, hey, don't fish here. <laughs>
1: Um, But there's a lot of really interesting uh, art and things that I found looking up Australia, like the Aboriginal dream time and stuff. Mm -hmm. It sort of transcended into their arts and the depictions of the dreaming within their traditional style is really interesting. Just like really bright and colorful and like animals and these sort of... Abstract landscapes and abstract animals, like depicted through bright, vibrant colors. I like that. I want to live in the dream time. <laughs> so, what do you have for Antarctica?
0: So, a Google Earth user claims that he found a mermaid in the frozen ice of the frozen Antarctic. And so he zooms in and you see it. And so, this is a YouTube user named Florida McKee. I already, look, your name is Florida. I'm already, we're already on thin ice. Uh, (laughs) But he claims that there is no way the shape is a natural geological formation. He says, I have found many different things in Antarctica that seem like they are sea creatures. And I have found another one. And once again, it's inland. I think this is a result of melt. And there's a shape in the snow it just cannot be explained by rock and snow. And it certainly looks like a mermaid. But I'm going to tell you it's not a mermaid. <laughs> it just looks like a damn mermaid.
1: It's uh that matrix thing or whatever.
0: Yeah. So there's a guy who thinks there's a mermaid in our Antarctica. That's, the, I that's mean, what I got.
1: There will be egg on our face if it's a mermaid in Antarctica. I but... mean,
0: for real. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to research that, though.
1: well i mean if things keep going how they're going it might get researched whether we want to or not when it shows up in
0: south america (laughs) that's right well i'm not gonna lie i don't think i ever want to read about a mermaid ever again right now (laughs) i spent the last 48 hours reading about nothing but goddamn mermaids (laughs) but i learned some interesting things yeah I, and what I what I thought was really interesting was that your Aboriginal Ab- uh, fuck i would give up your Australian story and my uh Indigenous people stories both seem to be very like um with Pinkway it was it they're both very like environmentally friendly stories unless I want to fucking murder you stories
1: yeah I mean I think that that is the the truth of a lot of Native American and Indigenous people stories that I've heard through, like, living in Oklahoma and everything as well Mm -hmm. is that it was always very focused on respecting the world that you live in. And while, yes, you know, the the animals are a source of our food, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have that source of food. Mm -hmm. So it's being respectful and you know, making sure that their population is able to survive so that your population can,
0: can also survive. survive. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's mermaids, everybody.
1: <laughs> it was fun to do like one of the big sort of like cryptid stories. Yeah.
0: I was actually genuinely surprised at the number of sightings that I read about.
1: Yeah, I was too. I expected the one that I think surprised me the most because I just did not expect the story that I was researching was Japan I thought Japan's like yokai story was going to be much more of like a a beautiful maiden wearing a kimono like like little mermaid but make it Japanese and it was just like no it's this hellfish monster <laughs>
0: yeah well there was I was reading about two different things one was the sighting of a mermaid at the key kei islands and there was another one that said that some temple has the supposed bones of a mermaid in japan so i was surprised that i did you didn't talk about them
1: yeah i looked and i didn't i did find in um it was more a misnomer i guess than anything Ah. but In Japan and specifically uh, Jeju Island in Korea, South Korea, there was, there were all of these stories that came out about these mermaid women in Jeju Island and in a small area of northern Japan and that these women could dive underwater and hold their breath and for so much longer. One second. There was a yacht that crashed on Jeju Island in Korea and wrote about these women who could hold their breath way longer than they should be able to and dive so much deeper under the water than they should be able to and that they were reportedly mermaids. Was hmm. Jeju Island has a tradition where the women a few times a year when the water is at peak like quality to do this will dive Ah, for so they, they've been training yeah and so but they they dive for you know underwater creatures for seaweed for food mm-hmm. and so they go under and they still do it to this day it's still a tradition and so these women have been doing this for you know a few times a year every year that they've been alive or could safely do this and so they can just like hold their breath underwater for three minutes and you know which at yeah. the time was just like unheard of and so people were just like obviously these are mermaids and <laughs> like no they're obviously. just women who are really talented at what they're doing it's like nope must be mermaids because women are talented at nothing
0: yes that's exactly right <laughs>
1: So I found some stories that were like that, but they were just so misnomery and like I didn't feel it's like, you know, why would we want to talk about uh Columbus seeing mermaids that were totally uh, just fucking dugongs.
0: That made me laugh so much. I w- when I so apparently apparently the uh the story goes that Christopher Columbus when he was searching for the West Indies found a mermaid and was like they're not as pretty as they are in the pictures they look pretty masculine oh, just because so... you saw a fucking manatee <laughs> yeah. and a piece of shit so yeah that's that's literally the story
1: yeah
0: i didn't <laughs> you're right i didn't feel like i needed to mention it but it, it is a pretty good one now that i've said it out loud <laughs> uh, columbus was a piece of shit
1: yeah fuck him anyway <laughs> Thanks for joining us today as we explored the strange and unusual stories of merfolk, water spirits, and all that jazz. My best NPR voice. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we'll be taking a look at the strange and unusual in Pakistan. We hope that you'll reach out to us with your own experiences. We want your stories, your questions, and your feedback. Send us an email at strangeunusualpodcast at gmail.com. If you're sending a listener story, we just ask that you put listener story in the subject line so we can sort through those
0: a little bit more easily. You can also find us Oh, hold on. We want to know if you've seen a mermaid, (laughs) so please send us that. We always do that and I totally forgot and I just want to say, if you've seen a fucking mermaid, I want to know about it. If you have the blood of a mermaid, I definitely want to (laughs) know about that.
1: Like in your body or like in a jar? Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, You can also find us on Instagram at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or on our personal accounts Roya Rampage and Calamity Casey where we post the weird shit in our personal lives. You can find us on Twitter at underscore strange unusual or at Calamity Casey and at Roya Rampage we're also on Facebook. Just search for the Strange and Unusual podcast. If you'd like, you can also join us over on patreon.com slash strange unusual, where we've been posting some really fun new topics to talk about for Patreon exclusive episodes. Roy has created different tiers that you can join in to uh, take part in polls and our discord or listen to our really crazy fun new episodes that are exclusive to patreon for just ten dollars a month (laughs) come help us (laughs) but we'd really like to continue doing this and it would be really great if we could get your support because this does take quite a bit of time and energy so we understand covid's happening black lives matter everything is going on at this time it's totally understandable if you cannot help us financially if you could though reach out like rate subscribe do all those really crazy fun things that happen with podcasts and share us with your friends so that they might know to uh like share and subscribe too it's kind of like you know when you when you're having sex with people it's like you've had sex with all the people that they've had sex with <laughs> right it's something like yeah, that it's I don't exactly know. like that it's, roy is better at this than that's me. A, a perfect i was doing analogy. so well algorithms yeah <laughs>
1: also if you leave us a review for our podcast let us know um and we will read your review on air as long as it's five stars
0: yeah that's the bribe (laughs) yeah so uh that's it okay bye bye (laughs) (laughs) never again no more mermaids